Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining the Joseph Carlson Show. On this episode, we're going to be talking about and reacting to an article from the Wall Street Journal. They call it, By the Dip, Believers Are Tested by the Market's Downward Slide. And this article goes into the whole buy the dip idea and what investors are doing right now. Because the professional investors, the institutions are apparently running for the hills. They're scared. They're in aggregate pulling money out of the market. But us, the small guy here, the dumb money, right? We're just the the ignorant, naive retail investor. We're putting our money in the market. We're buying these dips as institutions are selling out of them. And I think that this is an interesting dichotomy that's happening. Retail investors are pouring money into the market as it's falling. And we have the institutions selling out as it's falling. So do they know something that we don't? Or are we going to have the advantage if the market recovers? We're going to be discussing all of that in today's episode. Now, first, let me just say, this is a market that will test your resolve. We've had an interesting past couple of years. The past seven months, the market has been on a steady downward decline with little rays of hope, little you know, little bump ups in price along the way. But overall, we've lost a lot of money over the past six months if you've been investing during this time. I'm down $38,000 in just the past 30 days. All right, so every day I've lost over $1,000 in the stock market uh, over the past 30 days. Not a good feeling to have this happen. Generally speaking, in investing, I want my money to be going up, but that's not how it works. That's not how it works in investing. You have to go through bear markets and you have to go through bull markets. You make money when the market's going up and during a widespread bear market like the one that we're in, there's not too many places to hide. Now, having said that, this portfolio just a few months ago used to have $80,000 in gains. That was kind of at the peak of it. And we've retraced back all the way to just $16,000 in gains. So really just a couple of days of heading back into the red. And right now, the huge majority of my gains are earned dividends. So even though this portfolio trades up and down from $80,000 in gains to $16,000 in gains, and it might go down to minus $10,000 or minus $30,000, it can trade around any direction based on the appetite of investors. And as investors, we have no control over what institutions are doing over what big funds are doing, or what other people across the globe are doing. We have no control over their budgets or whether they're buying stocks or selling them. So in essence, we have no control over these price fluctuations. What we do have control over is the companies that we're buying and the way that we value them. When I look at what I'm doing with my portfolio, I'm not buying companies based on what I think other investors will want to buy next month. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm not trying to swing trade or get ahead of the curve on certain timely trades with my portfolio. I'm buying companies that I consider to be economic machines that will produce cash flows for years and decades into the future. They'll produce growing cash flows with sound balance sheets and they're at valuation with very low downside. And these type of companies I think will continue to produce these cash flows. They'll continue to grow their dividends and their share buybacks for a very long time into the future. That's why I buy so much Apple and Microsoft and Costco. 
not because I think these are timely trades that will do well over the next six months, but because these companies produce real profits. And when I look at my portfolio, if you really ignore the price fluctuations and the month-by-month trading, whether I'm down $50,000 or up $50,000, give or take one or two months, you look at what's going on underneath the hood the engine that I'm building. This passive income portfolio is the project of building an economic engine that will provide real passive income. This is the amount of monthly dividends that this portfolio has provided since its beginning in 2018. Now, on average, this portfolio produces around $600 a month in dividends. And my goal is to get that to $700 and $800 and then above $1,000. My long-term goal is to get this to four to $6,000 a month and make it so I can live entirely off of my dividend income. So this entire project is not based around timely market trades. It's around building this economic machine for the future. And when I look at the best time to buy these companies at discounted prices based off their future expectations, it's always better to do that during a dip. Over the past six months, the QQQ is down 25%. From its just recent high, it's down that much. Then you look at the S&P 500 and it's down 17%. The major indices with all the companies in them are selling off like crazy and we don't know when that's going to end. But while this is happening, I'm certainly reinvesting my dividends and I'm certainly deploying new cash into buying these companies on a dip. Now, having said that, there's this new Wall Street Journal article where they kind of question the strategy of buy the dip and they note how popular this strategy has become amongst retail investors. And the interesting thing is, is that retail investors and institutional investors are doing two different strategies. While retail investors here are buying the dip with all these great companies falling, institutions are pulling their money. So let's go ahead and dive into this article. They say this year's stock market volatility has turbocharged a favorite strategy among individual investors, buying the dip. Their dramatic plunge in major indexes will test their resolve. On Thursday, when the stock market had one of its worst days of the year, individuals rushed in, setting a one-day record for buying. In March, they invested the largest ever monthly sum. According to Vanda Research, data beginning in 2014 and continued to pour money into the markets in April. So as retail investors, we are buying the dip. We aren't running for the hills scared. And I think that that's an interesting thing. It's a change in human behavior. Individuals' willingness to backstop markets throughout this year's sell-off demonstrates that the group for now, has been more resilient than analysts and traditional professionals anticipated. But this year, the S&P 500 has fallen 16%, its worst start to a year in nearly a century, and the Nasdaq composite has dropped 26%. Inflation is at a 40-year high, and the Federal Reserve has embarked on an aggressive monetary tightening cycle. Right there, they highlight all these super bad things that are happening now that has changed the situation. And this is where this strategy comes into question. And they highlight where some of the recent strategies have not worked out for retail investors. They say the wildly popular trades of the past two years have already crumbled. Many investors have soured on richly valued technology stocks. Newly minted public companies, which soared last year, have come back down to earth. And the highly speculative ARK Innovation Fund has plummeted. So of course, a lot of things have changed over the past year. They say despite the turning tides... Many investors said that they have relished the chance to buy stocks at a discount. They say for many, the calculation is simple. History has shown that stocks eventually go up. And that is exactly correct. Throughout all of history, we can look at any bear market in any correction. And the investors that were fearful that sold out during the market lows 
are very regretful in those situations. The best thing, historically speaking, has always been to take advantage of dips and buy them when the market trades down to lower and lower levels. But the journal goes on here to note how many investors are pouring money into this current dip. They say small investors plowed $114 billion into U.S. stocks through March and the S&P 500 tumbled into a correction, falling at least 10% from its high, according to Goldman Sachs. That marks a sharp shift in the group strategy for much of the past two decades. Typically, individual investors have sold about $10 billion in 12 weeks after a market peak when the S&P 500 has tumbled that much. So this paragraph here outlines a dynamic shift in the behavior of investors. Historically, retail investors have not bought the dip after major sell-offs. In fact, human behavior historically has been to sell during the market going down. That's why they've earned such a poor return as opposed to just a general index. So historically speaking, investors have done the exact opposite of what they're doing now. It seems like a lot of, I think, the financial education across social media, across YouTube, has taught investors now to buy the dip, to not be fearful of when the market trades down. And I think the abundance of financial knowledge has changed this for the better. So no longer are investors selling out after massive losses. Now they're doubling down and buying these dips. They say in the month of March alone, individual investors bought around $28 billion of US listed stocks and ETFs on a net basis. That's the largest monthly sum on record. That is pretty substantial. Even after these big discouraging declines, retail investors are piling money into stocks. Now, this is where the Wall Street Journal gets a little bit skeptical on whether or not this buy the dip attitude of retail investors will work out for them. They say, unlike the crash in early 2020, which lasted just 23 trading days, investors are weathering a more prolonged sell-off that could worsen as recession risks grow. The Fed's move to raise rates and shrink the $9 trillion asset portfolio has already triggered a sell-off in the government bond market. So with the Treasury going past 3% interest, now stocks have more competition. You can actually get a semi-okay return, 3%, with a risk-free asset. They say that this is the highest level since 2018. Higher yields typically chip away at stock markets allure by giving investors another attractive place to park cash. So as the 10-year goes higher and higher, investors will look to buy that instead of risk on assets like stocks. And this is where we get to the most interesting part of this article. While us retail investors are putting money into the market, us individual investors are buying these dips left and right, the institutional investors are doing something entirely different. They say individual investors' appetites for stocks diverges from the behavior of professional investors who have collectively sold stocks during the turbulence. J.P. Morgan Chase estimates that institutional investors have pulled almost $200 billion out of the stock market this year. So just in 2022, the net flows of institutional, big money, smart money investors has pulled almost $200 billion out of the stock market. That's the data that they're gathering through these public order flows. So the professionals keep ramping up a bearish bet against the U.S. equity market while the individual investors are betting long. That's the dynamic going on right now. So when you see your portfolio going down week after week and month after month this year, especially in 2022, realize that that's not other individual investors like you. 
That is because of big money, big institutions pulling out hundreds of billions of dollars. That's what's causing a lot of the liquidity to come out of the market along with the prices collapsing. That is a pretty substantial and interesting change that's happening now. Individual investors buying the dip and institutions selling out. And here we have the Wall Street Journal in the same article giving us a warning about buying the dip. Now they're all of a sudden against buying the dip when they've been telling investors to do this for the past 20 years. Some strategists say buying the dip is a risky way to invest because it's so difficult to gauge whether the market is going to keep falling. Vanda estimates that the average individual investor portfolio peaked late last year and has since tumbled, giving the average individual a paper loss of about 28%. So here we are in the Wall Street Journal, and they're highlighting strategists saying that buying the dip is now risky. So let me share a few thoughts on this article. First of all, buying the dip in and of itself isn't really an investing strategy because all buying the dip means is that something fell in price and you're buying more of it as it falls in price. But the thing that you're buying is really important in this equation. For example, if you have an extremely overvalued company like Cloudflare was in 2021 and that company falls 50% in price, a massive fall, it's chopped its valuation in half, that still doesn't mean that that company's good value. And in the case of Cloudflare, even after this company fell 50% in price, it was still dramatically overvalued. So investors that were buying the dip were really buying a company that was going to continue to fall another 50%. And even after this last 50% drop, the company's still not cheap by any measure. It trades at a price to sales of 28 that is incredibly expensive with incredibly high expectations. And in my opinion, this company has no business trading at these levels. If anything, it should be trading around a 15 price to sales or lower. So buying the dip doesn't mean buy any company at any valuation after it's fallen in price. That's not what that strategy should mean. What you're buying is incredibly important in this calculation. When I look at companies that I'm buying the dip of, I'm buying companies with reasonable valuations and in many cases, I think heavily undervalued. I've been buying more restaurant stocks, high quality ones like Starbucks, Texas Roadhouse, and Domino's. And the reason I've been buying these companies is because right now they're in a substantial dip and I also consider them to be high quality companies. But I wanna contrast and compare buying the dip in a Starbucks or a Texas Roadhouse compared to the example of Cloudflare. And that is where valuation comes into play. While Cloudflare is trading at a 28 price to sales, Starbucks trades at a 2.7. This is around half of what McDonald's trades at. And Starbucks has a better balance sheet than McDonald's and better growth than McDonald's. So it trades at a low price to sales. The PE ratio is now below 25, which is historically extremely low for this company. It usually trades anywhere from like 29 to 35. Simply put, investors aren't pricing in a lot at this price. The company's already traded down significantly, and the chance of this company underperforming its earnings to the extent that it trades down another 50%, I think is highly unlikely. So when I assess the different companies to buy the dip, I'd rather be a buyer of Starbucks right now than Cloudflare. So buying the dip is a strategy that I implement. I firmly believe that you should try to buy high quality companies as investors and institutions sell out of them based off of temporary fares. Most people in the stock market have a short-term time horizon. And if you have a long-term time horizon, you can take advantage of dips. And in terms of the Wall Street Journal and these new experts, 
trying to discourage retail investors and individual investors from buying the dip because the stock market might go lower, that is the exact attitude that Warren Buffett and every great investor warns you against. Trying to time the market. That's basically what they're saying. Oh, don't buy these companies right now because they might go lower in the future. If you look back on history, there is no way that anyone, including any expert from JP Morgan or from Goldman Sachs, would be able to time the market. None of them have been able to consistently do it, and at best, they're guessing. We can look back at all the bear markets in the S&P 500 since 1950. There's been 15, and in each case, people cannot time the bottom of the market. It is frivolous. It's not worth trying. And the thing that you should be trying to do is take advantage of good quality companies falling in price that you know have a very bright future. And eventually when the market turns back bullish, investors will want to buy. Over the past 70 years, we've had 15 bear markets in the S&P 500. They've averaged a decline of 30.2%. They've gone on, on average, 338 days, so just under a year. So we're around seven months in ours. That means that it could go throughout the remainder of 2022 or even longer. Some bear markets, like the worst ones, last almost three years. That would be a tough bear market. But even in those cases, the investors that stuck with it and continually dollar cost averaged in were heavily rewarded over the next 10 to 20 years. So having the perseverance and the determination and the resolve to stay in the stock market during these times is critical. Becoming discouraged and bearish and having pessimism take over and discourage you from sticking with your plan is probably the worst thing that you can do, historically speaking. Every single bear market throughout history eventually returned to all-time highs. On average, that happened on day 603. So 603 days go by, the market returns to all-time highs. That's just under two years. So this bear market could last a while. We could be in it for years. And that's something that you have to be okay with if you're investing in stocks. That's why I put such a huge emphasis on investing for passive income and the fundamentals of my company. Even if the bear market lasts one year or two years or three, I know that I'm going to generate more and more passive income, more dividends every single month and every single year. So that's my thoughts overall. Continue to buy the dip, but focus on quality and focus on valuation. That's all for this time. I'll catch you in the next one.